Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From the Boomer and the Babe studio at the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's time for Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. Success or Failure is the show that gives you methods and principles to guide you to your best business and your best self. Now here are Tom Legering and Terry Munther. Hello and welcome with Tom and Terry. I'm Dr. Terry Munther along with author and entrepreneur Tom Legering. Each month, we get together on this program to discuss and share ideas for meeting personal and financial goals and improving the quality of our lives. We'll talk about the tried and true concepts found in the book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours. <clears throat> Excuse me. And from time to time, we'll hear from business partners and guests about their projects, their success stories, and how they're finding their path to a happy, healthy, and successful life. We hope you'll join in the conversation by calling or emailing us with your thoughts and comments at blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomer and babe or at www.successorfailure.org. With that, hello, Tom. I'm Terry. We're back together. We're both uh, here in sunny Arizona, which is nice. Very, very good to have you back. Uh, I'm glad that you got out of the, the bad weather, but I see that you're uh, a little impaired. Yes, uh, obviously, which doesn't show on the internet or video is uh, I have an injury to my right arm and I am uh, right-handed, so while right before we left the beautiful uh, but snowy and icy state of Washington before coming down here, of course, as part of uh, as part of winter, I slipped on the ice, uh, reached back to catch myself, of course, and dislocated my right shoulder quite badly and did some damage along the way. So uh, we're all put back together temporarily until they decide they want to chip away at me some more. And so I have my arm in a sling. I feel like a mummy sometimes, and I'm starting to get much more ambidextrous. So I came down here to golf with Tom and friends, and that's not happening, but uh, we're still with Tom and friends. So That's 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 a good part. It's kind of nice to to be able to participate in golf, which we love to do. But uh, I know that when you're when you're injured, it's it's it just is changing and adapting. You know, yeah, it's, it is. It's, uh, I've come off of my motorcycle several times, and uh, I had to learn to sleep in the fetal position on the floor because uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't stretch out. So it's. It's not a it's not a happy time. No, you know I th- you I think you go through the stages of grief. Yes. <laughs> you know I mean uh, it hurt so badly I couldn't grieve for a few days and then uh, just kind of went through feeling sorry for myself like oh woe is yeah. me you know I'm an active person and have a lot to do um, and looking forward to golfing in Arizona and that's not going to happen 
and um, you know then you kind of get to the adaptation. Okay, what do I need to do to to continue with life? Yeah, and function. Um, which is figure out how everything is done left-handed and, <laughs> and, and with assistance. And that's the other thing I've learned because my wife yells at me enough that. You have to ask for help more than I choose to do. We tend to say, no, I got this, and, yeah. and uh, you end up just hurting yourself worse without asking for help. But I you know, went through that stage of, okay, I can ask for help now, and, and, <laughs> and the adaptation, you know, and then you actually just start looking at what can I do, you know, what can I do to feel that uh, feeling of success, um, how do I just change the lifestyle that it's still fun and I can still function because this is going to be a long-haul injury, I believe. And so um, I'll tell you one kind of interesting story here as we start off. So we're, we're talking about success or failure to success here. Yeah. We'll change the title of the book. From <laughs> <laughs> failure to success, the choice is yours. So besides golfing, as you well know, I like to play music. Uh, and so we have a, a group uh, of friends that gets together, and we play music, and we did that for years uh, up in Washington State. And then many of us, uh, upon retirement, came down here, and, and you find each other again, and we've been playing music uh, down here in Arizona. We played here at Sun City Country Club. In fact, we did the day we got back <laughs> last yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, we got together again, and it's just been fun playing with friends and for friends, and I play guitar and harmonica. Can, can you still do well, that? Well, so I started initially thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to be going to Arizona, and I know I'm going to want to play with the band again, so I picked up my harmonicas, and I could oh. kind of figure that left-handed for a while. Okay, but yeah, you have to <clears> use yeah. the hand but, the other hand. And so then I started doing these little stretches the doctor gave me to try to get a little more motion, and I could get it where I, from my elbow up, I could get my right hand to my mouth, which allowed me to do harmonica two-handed as long as I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. hunched over and sitting in a, in a sitting position. So that was success number one is... Yeah. Getting enough movement, I could still play harmonica and obviously could still sing. My throat wasn't hurt. That was good. <laughs> but I, I could not get my arm out to wrap around the guitar. The guitar. You know, the guitar yeah. has some width to it. Right. And so I don't know what inspired me, but I thought, what could I play? And I thought, well, a mandolin is small. Oh, it's smaller. At first I thought ukulele. I said, maybe a ukulele. I yeah. can learn Hawaiian songs. So I, I went to the music store and uh, pulled out a ukulele off the shelf, and I just hated the sound of it. <laughs> I just said, no, I'm not playing a ukulele. You know? We're more sympathetic than I thought. <laughs> you know, I'm not Don Ho or, or whatever, you yeah. know. And, and so I said, oh, that doesn't work. But right next to it was a mandolin, which is a very small, almost violin size right. uh, guitar looking if you don't know what a, a mandolin is. But you you play it on your chest is where the strings are rather than wrapping your arm around. Oh. And so um, so I pulled it down and it, it's different than a guitar and it actually has eight strings. Um, and kind of everything is backwards in the way it's played so it takes some brain retraining. <laughs> but long story long at this point uh, shopped around and bought me a mandolin. Oh, cool! And so, in the week, just one week before we started coming down, uh, started our trek here to Arizona. 
I bought mandolin books and been getting on YouTube and oh. taking YouTube lessons on the mandolin. And uh, the other night, brought it out with the band, and I just kind of stayed in the background. I didn't want to screw anything up with it. <laughs> um, but we did, you know, the last set and with the mandolin, and I was able to play harmonica and sing with the okay. band. So, you know, the, the, the success part of that is, you know, I mean, the old saying, what, you make lemonade from lemons or something, you yeah. know, is maybe I'll become a really good mandolin player <laughs> through this, that I never would have thought of that instrument, you know, um, I, I, maybe not, too, but at least it was getting my brain kind of retrained that the world wasn't ending, um, that I could look at new things or things I could do, which I think nowhere near as severe, but I look at all the people who do great things who have different handicapping conditions, you know, yeah. Paralympics, you know, was on just a few weeks ago. But you go through that process, okay, what can I do? And what do I need to do to get good at it and those sorts of things. So out of all of that, you know, I was saying, okay, I can't golf, but now I have a new instrument and yeah. it's kind of fun. Sit around uh -huh. and tinker with that at night. Still able to be here with friends, still able to play in the band. In fact, we're going to rehearse this afternoon. So all was all was not totally lost. But it is a story, I guess, of just regenerating yourself or reinventing uh, in a small way, very small way. I mean, it's just a shoulder injury. But nonetheless, I think for our listeners, as they're thinking about uh, reinvention or regeneration or, you know, we talk so often about finding that next job or finding the job or getting right. out of the condition that they are, it was a reminder again to me of the thought process that you go through. And it is kind of like the it stages is. of grieving. I mean, right. you feel sorry for yourself initially, yeah, but initially. then at some point you've got to start taking the steps like you have in the book of, okay, what can I do and what do I want to do and what are the steps to get there. Right, because so. you as a person don't change, but what you can do is change your attitude about things. I, I feel terrible because I, first of all, I hurt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm in pain, yeah. but my life is going to go on and eventually I'll heal and I'll go to the therapies and I'll do all the stuff and I'll be back. But what can I do in this in, space yeah, yeah, between now and when I get back to where I'm doing what I was normally doing? And two things should come out of it, I think, in, in, in thinking about this. is First is the appreciation of the skills and the attributes that God's given you with talent and to use your talent. And now you're using your talent to find another outlet so that you can still express that same talent. Mm -hmm. And I do know that when I speak a talent to the audience, I want you to know that Terry and, and his group play out on our, at our club, and they're very well received. And the people have the main thing is people just have fun. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. you guys are, are just so good at that, and I think. That, that your attitude has to be right or it will come through your music the wrong way, too. Right, yeah, you, I think so, you, too. Just because you have the talent, you're not going to do the same thing if you don't get your mind right. And one of the things that you mentioned when you first started is failure to success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I am thinking about rewriting the book and, not, and just updating it a little yeah. bit. But I've looked at it, and I've got several people helping me on this, but I like your your su suggestion of failure to success because bottom line, 
most people feel like failures. If you ask, they won't say that to you. Oh, yes, I'm a big failure in everything I do. But they're not happy with what they're doing. Most people, 70% of people are not happy with their job. And of the entire pot, that's of the people working. Of the people that are not working, they're not really happy either. They're just not willing to go to work because they're not they don't see a success for doing that. They think it's success for getting stuff for not doing anything. And so these are the the things that we try to do with the book and what we're trying to teach people is how do you do that? How do you reinvent yourself? How do you go from not having what you want in life to getting what you want in your life? Mm -hmm. Because like what you're saying here, and I, I really applaud you for it, is I mean, it's not easy. While you were describing playing the harmonica, I know you need two hands to do that. And you're doing it with one, so there's certain things you've got to leave out. And I mean, I'm not musically inclined, but I do, I do know how that stuff works. I've seen them do it. And then just how do you get your arm to move enough so that you could actually be up there and then have it function, especially when you only have... Nerves in, in what, yeah. two fingers or three? Uh, those three, yeah. Yeah, got three. The last two I don't yeah. have feeling So, yet. I mean, and that's, that's stuff, and I think our bodies, if, we, if our mind is correct, our, we can get our bodies to get back to where we want to be. And, that, I mean, I'm going to be 76 years old, and uh, I know that, I'm not going to not do something. I'm just going to change how I approach it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was in my 20s, I mean, I was bulletproof and I'd go kick a bear in the butt, you know, just for fun. <laughs> but, you know, when, you're, when you can't yeah. run or can't outrun your, your companion, <laughs> you find other alternatives. That's right. That's right. So, and that's all part of going through life. Uh, but I do like the idea of failure to succeed to success or failure to succeed, the choice is yours. It's still the choice is yours. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is yeah. still yeah. You've imperative. You've got to make decisions and you've got to take action. Yeah. Well, now tell me some more things about what you, you were working at, at the at the that school, school as district. a superintendent yeah. of uh-huh. the school yeah. in a small district, yeah. which was different from what you were doing before because right. you had all these other districts right. that you Right. It's a lot more about. hands-on. Um, the one one thing when you uh, you go from a CEO of a large company to a CEO of a small company, the CEO does a whole different job because right. they do everything. Right, right. <laughs> it, it, they know what needs to be done, and if something's not getting done, you plug in there. Right. Yeah. Well, in in the old days, uh, before I retired as a CEO of a, a large. A school district entity, you could say, I know what needs to be done, and you go do it, and you're yeah. the expert in yeah. that, and that's where you go. Uh, when when you're working in a very small organization or if you run your own business, you can only look around you so long before you in say, I mirror. guess I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. The mirror is where, where the answer is. Yeah. So, I mean, in that sense, it, it's, been, uh, it's been a throwback for me for like almost 30-some years to starting, yeah. you know, and you say, okay, yeah, I remember this when I started. I had to do all this paperwork and yeah. these reports and and uh, 
do everything, in essence. Uh, and, and it's no different than running your own business or a small business. That was, that was a great lesson for me, that, that it, um, <clears throat> many of us think as we're in larger organizations and we look at these small organizations and say, well, that would be awful easy yeah. just to run that little yeah. school district or that little business. <laughs> Heck, I've been a CEO of a multi-billion dollar corporation. You don't think I could go run that little store downtown, you know, and, and, um, until you're there. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, your your powers of delegation that you built up over 30 years aren't worth much. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the, the three fingers that are coming back right, at you right. when you're pointing yeah. at somebody. You know, delegate, delegation is highly overrated in this job. I'm the delegate or and the delegate E. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's been a great experience. I mean, so in, in where I had 90,000 students and... I don't know how many buildings I was in charge of. This is a little school district of 200 students and, yeah. and uh, you know, about 12 staff. And uh, so uh, great, great, as I said before, great kids, great staff, great small community, and a great place in the world other than the ice. The ice and um, snow. <laughs> and so, you know, I kind of, uh, it took, <laughs> sounds funny to say it this way, but I took a year off from retirement. Yeah. Um, Right. And, and that's okay to do, too, because, you know, and I've talked to many people who are retired and after so many years, whether you get bored or your health tends to go because you're not, yeah. and your brain goes because you're not keeping mentally active. And for me, that was a, a thing. I, I told my wife, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm getting dumber. Yeah, because, we you do know, dumb down. Your, your brain isn't having to work through problems on a daily basis other than when you're going to eat and when you're going to go to bed. Um which is what you look forward to when right. you're working, you know. Right. Uh, so I took a, I've taken a year off of retirement and taken this position and worked really hard, and I think we've made great gains. Um, and, of course, we're right in the middle of what every other school district is in the middle of now, or I believe 42 or 36 of them, uh, 36 states, I should say, in, involved in this new testing, the core. Uh, Common Core, Common Smarter core. Balance Testing, uh, which I saw the Arizona Republic had an article on the front yeah. page on the other day. So what that means is they're trying, which makes sense, I think, trying to get all the states to have the same standards and the same tests. So if a student from Washington State leaves eighth grade and goes to ninth grade in New York, mm -hmm. theoretically they've taken the same test and they have the same standards and they should be able to transfer from one state to yeah. the next much more easily. And in our mobile society, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what will be difficult, uh, it'll kind of like be throwing out Obamacare. You know there's going to just be mistakes. There's going to be uh, beginning things we're going to have to get through. I mean, it's all new. It's all on computer yeah. rather than handwritten. Um, we've had some practice tests for our students, uh, and we're going to do a practice. We are one of the pilots I got us in to be a pilot because I figured, why wouldn't you? Why yeah. wouldn't you test it out a year when it yeah, doesn't find count? Out. <laughs> yeah, find out. Because next year it counts. Yeah. Um, and very rigorous, uh, much more analytical, much more thinking than the rote memory things we learned as kids. And also difficult uh, if the students aren't there already. It's, it's, it's really high in I, well, I shouldn't say it that way, but it's probably, it's, it takes some computer skills. Mm -hmm. 
In other words, there's clicking and dragging. You know, you right. you click these eight things and you match them up over to here. And so uh, the student may know the content, but unless they've got the computer skills to get the right answer right. where it needs to go, that's another issue. To, and so I think I think there'll be some starts and stops. I think there'll be some criticism of it. But I, I don't criticize the intent of it. But it's a very big undertaking, it, to my knowledge, uh, maybe since No Child Left Behind, it's the very first time that, that the nation has tried to undertake right. kind of nationwide standards of testing. It's what what I uh, I'm in a group here in in uh, the West Valley of Phoenix, and it's called Leadership West. And one of the things that we do is go around and get to know what's in our our territory and get to know people that are doing things. So one of our, our tour days, uh, we do uh, at least six tours every a year, and we have to go to different... We, get, we're, we don't have to. We, we just have to do a certain amount of them. But the idea is you go into your community and see things that you didn't know about, like the water, water treatment, uh, education, and on the education one went over to Peoria uh, School District Grammar School and High School. And what, I mean, we were we had the superintendent of schools going around with us. I mean, they have a huge, I think they're the largest school district in the state. And we had the superintendent of schools going around with us, showing us what they're doing with the grammar schools. And... I can't believe this. I had a conversation with a third grader. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk to a third grader or have a third grader talk to me. Oh, yeah. We had a conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's there on his little computer, and the teacher said they've all been assigned, a, not assigned, but a group of things that they had to research. Mm -hmm. So they could pick one out of, say, ten. And then, So I'm talking to so gentleman and he says uh, I said well what what one have you picked he says oh I picked the Great Barrier Reef and we went on and on we're talking about it and I I personally have dived on it and so he asked me what kind of animals and what kind of fish did you see of this did you see of that you know and mm -hmm. so I mean he's a third grader yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? I mean, I've learned and, that this year too I, they you know the, the schools where I work at is just kindergarten through sixth grade yeah uh, and and you can have wonderful conversations with kindergartners and, yeah, they, and sixth graders are, and everywhere kids, in between. Yeah. They're so much. They're so interesting. I mean, when we would go into a physical classroom where they were having their class, and seeing how I mean, they have large classes. I mean, they have forty and fifty students in a mm -hmm. class, mm -hmm. and I mean, these are the little types. You know, first graders up to wh wherever they go, sixth, I guess. But, I mean, the, they would have a student come out and tell us what they were doing in the class and what they were working on now. So here's a little third grader or first grader coming out, and I'm looking at them. They're barely up to my knee. <laughs> this little person's got a brain, and they're saying, oh, well, this is our teacher's name is this, and this is what's going on, and welcome to our class. And so we're going in like that, and so we saw them. And then we went to the high school and saw what was going on there. And the interesting thing to me was that, like, they they did have a music group, mm -hmm. 
and they had a uh, uh, they had ceramics, and in the ceramics, the the student that was taking us around and, and being our guide through the high school uh, was talking about, oh yeah, the teacher has to does a lot of this purchasing things because we need this or that, and that the teachers in the state don't get paid much, and they're buying books, and in some cases they don't have. Um, you know, equipment. Now, I'm a business guy, and all I hear from the schools is we need funding. And then I see them build a big, giant building yeah. and, yeah. Uh, you know, have an $80,000 bus to haul the kids around that are getting obese, and um, and then they build a million-dollar gym. Mm-hmm. And so I'm. It, it's not computing to me. But when I went over, that was before, yeah. But when I went over and actually saw the work that these people are doing, I I just, uh, like I said to the superintendent, I said, the only mistake I can say that you guys are making is in your marketing. Mm-hmm. Because you everything that I hear about education is we need more funds. But then when I look and see how much percentage of the budget goes for education, right. I'm upset. Yeah. But then when I see what you're actually doing, that's that's a very necessary thing to actually see because you only read about the kids are not getting good education. All you right. hear about is education has failed. Well, I need people to come to Peoria School <laughs> District and look and see what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was absolutely, and I was talking to a gentleman, Arky Moscato, who's running for the state senate. How and is he? Yeah, that, yeah. He's, he's, and, and he's an education background he's a teacher and he's talking to me about funding and I was jumping on him with the argument that I gave you just before and we had this thing going back and forth burning up our our emails and I had to write him after the tour uh conversations over <laughs> I still think that the schools need to do better management of the funds and explain to people where the funds are going yeah. So they know, but then they need to show what's being done. Because if you, like, I came from California about eight, nine years ago, and part of that is I had to move an office manager over here because she had two kids that were autistic. And the reason they came here to Peoria School District is because they had the best no-bullying program mm-hmm. in the in the country, basically. And they had an autistic uh, part. And in the third grade over at this uh, grammar school, Apache, um, they have a program for, I think they have 36 autistic kids mm-hmm. in it. And so they're doing, yeah. and so here's here's a program where they're not isolating the, the handicapped kids. <coughs> yeah. They're actually putting them, they have classes for them where they do, things that help autistic kids and, and meet their needs. Right. But then they put them in the general population, but they don't allow bullying. Right. So yeah. that everybody is just accepted. And I'm seeing, wow. Mm-hmm. this. I mean, these are things. I, I'm just a layperson. I'm, I'm, I'm probably saying stuff that you're going, oh, yeah. <laughs> all no, you guys are the same. But. No, no you're, I think you've, you've got it pretty well explained. I mean, first of all, what you just mentioned, I mean, that's the neat thing about people can rail on public schools, public education. Yeah. 
But remember, and why things are the way they are, test scores, we serve all. Yes. Everybody. We take all comers, as we should. Yes. And, and, that, and you can't say that was always the case when people no. look back 50 years ago, 30 the years Catholic ago. school didn't. You know, and, and so to make the comparison sometimes, you know, to the past, is, is I think is unfair mm-hmm. because um, in our state of Washington, we test all kids. And, and so obviously, you know, that the test scores are, are going to be different. But that's not a bad thing, you nope. know. And, they, and, and to have all students integrated with each other, I, I mean, I, that was the first lesson I learned is, is obviously we have some kids of different abilities and different handicapping conditions. And they're right in, I mean, we only have six classrooms anyway, you know. Right. But they're, they're right in the class and all the kids accept them and they grew up with them and yeah, they're just they're part just, of the family. Yeah, I mean, they're just so, part of the yeah, group. Okay, he's got this handicapping. But yeah. I don't even think they realize that. No. That's just John, yeah. you know. Um, and, and that's really, I wish, I wish they could hang on to that until they're yeah. 60, 70 years old. And, all the way through you know, their life. It's yeah. just pure acceptance. Yeah. But the other thing, you know, as being a business person, Tom, you know, I mean, if you look at the numbers, personnel costs is 80 to 86, 85 percent in education. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's where your money is going is personnel costs, as it should. But in any business, typically personnel costs, as I understand it, are there. Yeah. But I know uh, as I was superintendent working prior to, you just, you knew 80 percent of your budget was already done. Mm-hmm. Because that's just your staffing. Wow, and and that's a statewide salary schedule that is set. Yeah, and so you can talk about all the the new gyms and the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. It's a very small percentage of the yeah. budget. So even if you took maybe that that gym out mm-hmm. or that new computer out, or you pick the yeah you pick the item, uh, still eighty five percent of your budget is in personnel and and um, it's still, it's not the budget it should be in Washington State. And the Constitution says it's the paramount duty of the state to fund education. Yeah. And that's, yet that's, it's not meeting the levels that it needs to meet, and there's a constitutional battle about that. So, you know, I mean, we, probably people get bored with all, all of the education budget talk. But the bottom line is, I, you know, I'm proud to be in public schools. I'm proud to be in education because... I think um, it's a different world. We're serving different kids. We're preparing them for jobs, some of which are not even don't even exist, exist yet. Yeah. Uh, to compare it to Leave It to Beaver when I grew up is just an unfair comparison. Yeah. You know, and um, I think people are doing the best they can. And can we do better? Yep. And we're looking at getting better. But you know, the the piece that has changed over the years that I think is the most positive is now we're looking at data. And, and so part of our whole evaluation of teachers and principals and superintendents is show me the data of improvement. Mm-hmm. And if the kids are not improving, you're not doing your job. Don't tell me you're doing your job. Great. Yeah. Now, that may not improve this year because you have small numbers. Yeah. Like if you've got a really small district, that N size that you're mm-hmm. testing. I mean, you may have a third-grade class that has 50% of the kids that are lower level, and the next year at the third-grade class is the opposite of that. Right. So you do have to look at trends over mm-hmm. time. But the old adage when I started teaching was, well, I taught it. I don't understand why they didn't learn it. 
I yeah. know I stood up there and taught it. Yeah. I can't help it that the kid wasn't listening. Yeah. It's no longer acceptable. Now it's instead of show me the money, it's show me the data. Yeah. Show me the data trending over time, and that's really what the smarter balance what, is about. What I saw in, in the Peoria school was the, uh, the students were leading the teaching. Mm -hmm. The teacher was a guide, but the students were doing the teaching, and the students were doing the grading. I don't mean on the test papers, right. but they would critique somebody. Would, they, they had this one deal where they were uh, doing... A, a problem, and and so that how do you solve this problem? And the little teams would get up and express mm -hmm. what, how to solve this problem, or how to fix a, a certain thing, or how to make something better. And then the other students would sit around and and critique them mm -hmm. at first. And once that was over, the whole class would critique the people that made the presentation, and then critique the people that. We're talking about how you should fix it. Or I'm looking. I never was in a class like that in my whole life. Where the students, I mean, it wasn't one student like a teach a student teacher, like right. a, like intern teacher uh, or substitute teacher, whatever you call them. But this was the students. The entire class was the teaching organism, well, and yeah. the teacher was directing how it would go. And I mean, this one we were in. It was first graders. And they were teaching them how to spell, and so they all had their little uh, little pads to write on it, like a little thing that, like a slate, and then they just write on it with with chalk. And the teacher, there's like 45 kids in this class, and the teacher would say, "Okay," he'd talk about a word and what it means, and go through all that stuff, and then he'd say, "How do you?" How do you spell? And then he would say the word, and the, all the little kids would write. And then at the end, he would have different people, all those that got it spelled it this way, raise your hand. And then all that got it wrong, and about four kids raised their hand like, "Woo! here I am, I'm over here, I got it wrong. And then, and then the, I mean, I've been mortified in that, in that class, and that's how we were taught. But the yeah. little kid said, okay, the teacher asked him, okay, how did you spell it? And then he'd put it up like that, and he'd write it on the board. And then the little kid, then he would ask the, the child, what do you, under, do you understand why it should be this way? And he, he had these other things that I don't remember, but it was sticking in the kid's mind. And when they left that word, they knew how to spell the word. Even the ones that spelled it wrong now were involved in it, and the ones that got it right got reasons why it's right. And I go, God. Yeah, it's very different. And, and it's kind grade. of a neat little example uh, in our little school, which I had I'd heard of and not seen. Our students run the parent-teacher conferences. They're called student-led parent-teacher conferences. So yeah. when the parents come in twice a year to meet with the teacher uh, on their yep. progress, the student runs the conference yeah. and says, here's what I've learned, and here's examples of my work, and here's my tests, and here's my test scores, and here's what I didn't know before that I know now, and is running the conference with their parent yeah. and their teacher. I, I didn't see that, but they said that's what they do. Yeah. And it's the same program where the, the, it's teacher-led and uh, student 
direct, you know, handle. Yeah. And, and it really well. allows the student to have some ownership in, in their education. In it, yeah. And, and what, yeah. See, and I wanted to go back to the Common Core uh, thing. The, the only thing I've heard bad about it, or uh, it's not bad now, but something that could be bad, is you got the federal government saying, you got to do this or you don't get any money. And the problem with that is some bureaucrat gets to design what your kid is going to learn. And, you know, there's different viewpoints about uh, history and things like that. And mm -hmm. if you get the government telling everybody to learn the same stuff so we're all the same with no differences, I don't... Yeah. I don't See that as being having everybody be the same is not why we were a great yeah, nation. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good point. It also, though, the federal government requires the uh, the evaluation based on mm -hmm. data and improvement. Right. Um, and and I know our state of Washington is kind of in a battle with the federal government just over the verbiage again of, of what is allowed and not allowed yeah. before you would receive the federal funding. Right. And uh, but also remember, federal funding is a small portion of the budget for most school districts. Yeah. I mean, but, they're, they're typically funded by their state and local taxes. Yeah, but it's still, but it's it's still, still a, a significant it's, it's a, thing. It's, it's not a, a chunk different... you want to lose, that's no, for sure. No, yeah. I mean, it's it's significant. And I, I, I was reading the other day, I think it's the Indiana uh, governor who happens to be a Republican, which maybe they're just fighting because it's the Democrats in control. <laughs> I don't I don't know that. I'm just saying that that's that was part of his argument that he he thinks that the individuals and the learning what they learn needs to be from state by state because that's our real strength in the country because when you get to be so equalized and the equal education and everybody's equal, that's basically stupid because, I mean, that, I, I can't defend that for because yeah. we well, are different. And I'm, I'm hoping that, that and I, so far it has been, I mean, states retain their autonomy and even school districts, the school board approves the curriculum. Mm -hmm. and, oh, okay. And, and so, you know, there, there is local autonomy in developing of the curriculum, which textbooks, which, although textbooks, I think, are their yeah, way out. they're out. Uh, but which they're curriculum too, They're too choose. expensive but anyway. Has, but they're trying to meet some common standard, not mm -hmm. necessarily common, yeah. totally common content. Yeah. You know, every state has their own state history, for yeah. instance, you know. So. In, 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 in one of the other students I talked to in the third grade, or I didn't talk to, I had a conversation with, he was using a little iPad, and he was looking around for information about a problem that they were trying to solve, and he said, oh, yeah, you just do this. God, I can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> and the third grader was whipping through it like, like it was butter in a hot knife. That, that's an issue we've got to grapple with at some point, is what districts can afford and what some can't. Our little mm -hmm. district can't afford that. Yeah. So does that put our kids at a disadvantage? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Yes, that's and the only answer. And yet we answer. go to the big district downtown, of yeah. course, they got and many districts are just, are, they're, whether through grants or other funding sources or just sheer numbers, yeah. they can afford 
many more bells and whistles in technology. Mm -hmm. and, and some would argue you don't need that if you have good teachers, and I get all that. Yeah. But I feel badly that I go to a school and all the kids have laptops or, or the iPads. Yeah. Our kids can't. But I'll tell you, here's a great example. I don't know, you probably got to move on to some other things, but a great example of, of what I would hope every business would do is our state is involved in a, in a program, and it was when I was there and hitting up the larger districts, called Computers for Kids. Yeah. And I imagine it, it may even be nationwide. I wish I had more of a handle on it now. I used to back in my previous thinking days. Yeah, thinking days. <laughs> um, but we can't afford that new technology. And so we've hooked in with our regional office, which I used to run, and um, said, what can we do to get our kids this yeah. sort of technology? And they said, well, let us look into it. They came back and they said, uh, we can get you computers through Computers for Kids and at $27 a piece. Wow. And that's the computer, or the monitor, the yeah. keyboard, oh, and, and the computer with brand new hard drive. And what they are is they're recycled computers right, right, for businesses. Right. So because mm -hmm. businesses go through just them every them. year yeah. or two, mm -hmm. you well, that's great stuff for us, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so they're sent to a, a central warehouse, and then there's people who are trained in to some of those, them. yeah, uh, to get them uh, reconditioned. And so we're getting all new computers for our computer lab, but 30 computers, yeah. and you know, and it's going to be less than a thousand dollars, which is less than some iPads, right? Yeah, just <laughs> one. one, right? Yeah, just one. So, so that's a great solution for us. But I mean, that that's an example, and kudos, and I wish I could give names of businesses who did those donations because that's a perfect business education partnership. Right. They're not using them. You know, See, that's the stuff that I think of as a businessman, how the school boards have to be able to do that. But see, you're outside now, and then you come in, and you're able to see other ways that you can do stuff. And you may not have all the answers. You just know this is a problem, and, and you look around for people that can help fix that. Right. But like you say, I mean, we, we do have some other things. I, di I didn't mean to get this far into, into <laughs> yeah, education. Our education but discussion. I, I, I do personally know that my attitude has changed a lot. I, I, I'm, I sometimes develop very uh, taciturn uh, viewpoints. <laughs> you know? So it's just, it's just part of it. I, I get very set in, in what I'm thinking. But I, I try to be open to it. But I like the idea of what you said before, failure to succeed to success. Failure to success, the choice is yours. And I want to mention that I'm thinking about rewriting the book. So uh, for all of you that listen to us, I, which I do appreciate, um, uh, if you have a copy of the book, um, look at it and find out, find anything in it that you think needs some further explanation or you need more information of how to use the book. Um, we're, I'm finding it mainly uh, in my teaching victims of domestic violence how much it it actually helps people. But uh, this one lady that I'm, I'm uh, mentoring now, I went from teaching her as a as a uh, victim of domestic violence, that now that's in her past, and she's got a whole, she's in the process of doing a whole life plan for herself, and one of the things that, that she has as a handicap is she has hep C, and 
the doctor said, well, no sense in doing a big plan because you're not going to be here that long. Mm. You know, I mean, that was, <laughs> it wasn't said that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, and she's relating this to me that I've only got this much time, and she's not old. She's she's a, a middle-aged, probably in her 40s or something like that. But she's got this goal of trying to help people that have that disease understand that they need to do something about it. And see, that's the same thing as I'm trying to get people to understand if you're not happy and you're not being successful, then you need you can change, but you need to change. It isn't when the economy gets better or when my uncle dies and leaves me a million dollars or any of those things. Right. That isn't that isn't the thing that's going to change your life. What it's going to do is, if you're not happy, that means it may not mean you're a failure, but it means you're failing at getting the most out of your life that you're entitled to. We're not put here to be miserable. We're put here to be happy. Yeah. And so part of that is figuring out how you how you can do this. And the book is such a simple way of, of doing it. You just figure out, first of all, yourself, who you are, what you are, and what you want. And know the the, the words about knowing the difference between uh, success and happiness. Now, I keep talking about success and interrelate it to being happy but success is reaching goals being I was successful I I achieved a, a goal I graduated from college I got my high school diploma whatever it is that you're striving for you reached goals therefore you're successful and you're you're getting the things that that you strive for now happiness is another model, and that's liking and appreciating and wanting what you're getting. So if you're, see, if you're being successful, you're reaching goals. Well, if your goal is to be a failure and not have anything, uh, you may not be happy with what you're getting from that. And the point is, how do you turn that around? It's wanting what you get. The only thing way you can do that is understand you're going to get everything that you want. If you don't write it down, whatever comes is what you wanted because that's what you accepted. But if you write it down and go through the book, you can do that. But what I'm going to ask people to do is to, if you go online to successorfailure.org and look look at our book, you can download a copy of it uh, I think it's like $9, $10, and <clears throat> you can get electronic copy, print it out, and uh, you can write in it. It's a workbook, and it actually gets you into doing a business plan as if you were a business, and that's what I want you to think about yourself as a business, and your job is to get the things, is to like and want the things that you get in your life. And that's how you get to be happy. So success or failure, the choice is yours, but failure to success is what you can achieve. So I'm really yeah. uh, happy with being able to, to do this. I know we're running a little bit long today, so. <laughs> but I, I, I appreciate uh, you coming down, Terry, and, and I'm sorry you're not. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Well, 
I could probably beat you now that you only have one hand. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, so here's my next goal. I'm going to really become a good putter. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can putt. I yeah. just can't oh. swing. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. You could. You, yeah. So, you know, and there's, there's another thing of accepting and analyzing where you're at and instead of saying, I can't, I mean, Terry's wearing a little harness across his chest and he has to have his arm tied up and he can't talk that way very well because he can't move yeah, his hand. Yeah, wave, wave kind of funny now. Yeah. So, but it's, it, it's, it's, again, I would like to, um, that I'd like to close out uh, with knowing that where we're at is, and what we're trying to accomplish uh, is to help you enjoy and want the things you get in your life. And the way you can do that is look at, buy the book. You can you can order a book. I'll send you one out. They're $20. But you can go online and just print it out for 10 And the money goes to help autistic kids uh, learn social skills and motor skills through the game of golf. And that's, that's what we're trying to do with that. But um, that's it for me. And... Uh, I guess you can do that. Yeah, I, I think everyone's heard enough about my health condition, so uh, we'll look forward to next month. And so we want to thank you for your joining us on Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. We hope you'll join us next month on the last Wednesday of the month, or you can get us anytime on www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomer and babe. In the meantime, feel free to comment, join us, in the discussion by emailing us at successorfailure.org. Once again, this is Dr. Terry Munther and Tom Legering reminding you that success or failure or going from failure to success, the choice is yours. Thank you very much. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.